You're listening to Disruptive Dialogues on the Future of Religion. Our aim is to provide listeners tools for a conversation on how religion is changing and being affected by society. I'm your co-host, Troy Shepard. I'm an app developer and a business entrepreneur and a researcher on cultural trends related to religion and community. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Heidi Campbell, a professor of communication at Texas A&M University, where I study the intersection of religion, media, and digital technology. Welcome, and let's dive into today's conversation. Welcome back to Disruptive Dialogues on the Future of Religion. So this week we are in part two of a four-part series. The series is called, Is Your Church Going Secular Because? And we're listing four different topics. Just to refresh, those four topics are, what are the changes in church membership? We talked about that in the last episode. What is the church's mission? Ignoring outreach in a digital age and public versus private faith. So the question that we're asking this week is, is your church going secular because the Great Commission has been sidelined? So you might be asking, well, what is the Great Commission? Well, the basis for this is an idea coming out of the Bible, Matthew 28, specifically verses 18 through 20. So this is a portion of scripture that the basic idea is that Christians have a calling and obligation to make disciples and baptize believers. So it's a teaching and the Great Commission is kind of a phrase that's been used to summarize that calling and that obligation. It's been sometimes a controversial idea because not of what the teaching is, but how it's been put into practice. So there's been a history in different parts of the world of forced conversions through colonization and mission works. And there's been some missionary strategies, even in contemporary times, that have been maybe a little bit kind of suspect or coercive in their practices, especially in the developing world. But we're really trying to look at not the the debates about it, but the idea that this is part of, of the biblical teaching. And how do people understand what the Great Commission is today? And what role does it play in contemporary churches and their sense of mission and calling. So when I was growing up, and I'm sure, Troy, when you were growing up as well, the Great Commission was a phrase used a lot, and we got ta- it got talked about a lot in Sunday school and youth programs, even in sermons. So how did you understand what the Great Commission was? How did it get presented to you when you were growing up in the church? There were a lot of things I learned in Sunday school, I'm sure. I probably don't remember most of them, but the Great Commission is definitely one of those that was kind of instilled or ingrained it was something that was talked about a lot and basically what I remember feeling and what I remember hearing the main point being is that simply the objective of being a Christian was really to convert people to Christianity the biggest thing was to be able to verbalize and to convince anybody that you run into that they needed to be a Christian. That was what was instilled in me, and this is the essence of Matthew 28, 18, is this is the Great Commission. This is the reason why you believe what you believe, because now you have this this directive to go out and convert souls. That's what I remember as a kid going through Sunday school. So what about you? 
Well, I remember growing up that we often had this thing in many of the churches we visited, Mission Sunday. Usually it was once a year, sometimes it was once every six months, that they would focus on kind of missions, and it would be some missionary who is back from sabbatical or furlough from another country, oftentimes from some place like in Africa or in South America, and they were usually working with some kind of tribe that whose name we couldn't pronounce, and they would bring items, and they would tell about what their lives were like and work maybe in translating Bibles or doing doing hospital or health programs for them, and trying to kind of use those as opportunities to talk to those people about Christianity. And so for me, you know, the Great Commission was always this idea about going somewhere far away, becoming a missionary, and it's something you talked about twice a year, and that was really the focus. But if you weren't called to be a, a missionary, you know, or go to another country, it wasn't as clear what it was all about or how, what role it was supposed to play in your spiritual life. Well, and again, we're talking about this topic of is your church going secular because the Great Commission has been sidelined. And a group that does a lot of research and surveys, uh, the Barna Group, they recently did a study. And when individuals were asked if they had heard of the Great Commission, they found that only 17% of U.S. churchgoers said they knew this term. So the the breakdown of the statistics, when asked if they had previously heard of the Great Commission, there was like 51% of the surveyed people said they did not know the term at all. They had no reference for the term, the Great Commission. Another 25% said they had actually heard the term, but they weren't quite sure what it meant. And then there was, of course, there was a small number, 6%, that were just unsure. They might have heard the term. They weren't quite sure maybe what it meant. But this statistic kind of surprised us in the sense that there's over 80 some percent of the U.S. churchgoers. These are just people that attend church and attending church means at least going once a month or more. There's over 80 percent of churchgoers that actually don't understand probably fully, maybe have never heard it or they've heard it and they just don't know what it means, of what is the Great Commission and what's the purpose of it? What's the point of it? So as we mentioned before, the Great Commission is laid out in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And specifically starting in verse 19, it says, "'Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.'" And teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, for surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And I remember that being a scripture verse that Vacation Bible School, Sunday School, we had to memorize that. There was always, it was always part of Bible quizzes. And the Great Commission was just a catchphrase you knew. It was referring to that bit of scripture. And really the thing is that you were supposed to make disciples and baptize them as a kind of symbol of that conversion. So is is it just that people don't use that phrase, the Great Commission, anymore? Or is there something more, do you think, happening in the church? Well, and two, you know, I think a church that that doesn't really know their own calling is a church without a mission, right? Yeah, so I think it's it's probably a combination of both. You know, and when to me, when, when a church is clearly not making this a point to emphasize what is the Great Commission, even if they don't call it the Great Commission, it's what is the objective of our meeting. To me, a church that either doesn't know or doesn't prioritize their own calling is almost a church without a mission, right? Because any organization or a people group that doesn't really have a purpose, now they would struggle to even 
know why they exist or why are we meeting? And you think too, every organization, there are people in that organization that have strengths. Mm -hmm. They're really good at one thing or maybe even a number of things. And without that strength, like the organization kind of suffers. Well, the church is really the same way. Everybody has a gift or a strength that they're good at. But if you're meeting and you don't really have a purpose or you don't know why you're meeting, there is very little chance that you're ever going to get to utilize that strength or that gift. So that's an interesting point. In some ways, you know, you're making this connection between what we talked about last time between church membership and the Great Commission, because the Great Commission is this call to action. It's kind of giving you a purpose and a focus. It's the reason, at least it says in you know Matthew, that people are called together to meet, to kind of prepare, to kind of encourage, but to get ready for this larger mission. And so if that isn't something talked about, if it isn't clearly articulated, if it isn't part of the ethos of that gathering, well then why would people want to be invested in church? Or what, 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 you know, what is the purpose then instead that they're given? Yeah, and, and you and I have done this a little bit together, but you've done this quite a bit as part of your research, and that's doing ethnographies of churches. And what we've noticed is that churches are really actually pretty good at getting people to the church, getting people into the building. But I think what we've noticed is that they're really struggling with the purpose point. I think there's probably a threefold process in what churches go through. You, you get the person to attend, you get them in the building. Next, you're looking at membership, like to be a follower or a devout member of this organization. And then we have to have a purpose, right? Like, why are we meeting? Why are we gathering all of these people? Mm -hmm. The purpose is usually defined clearly by most churches' statements of faith as being one of the Great Commission to go. So I think there's this connection of how churches organize and process through getting attenders to membership to then the, the cause but I think we've noticed that the cause is almost absent in so many churches. Yeah, and that's true. It, you know, churches are really good at people getting people in the door into the event itself, but it has that kind of clouded really why we were getting people in the door. Oftentimes it's like, come into the church and then this is where we'll do the mission. But in Matthew, it's, it's a whole sense of going. It's actually, you, the church is a meeting place to prepare you for the actual going, but we've kind of gotten that backwards. You know, in many ways, churches become halfway between a pep rally of excitement, of music, of performance, get get us kind of going, and a support group get us healed and supported. And the the Great Commission oftentimes gets stripped out of that as far as the purpose of why we're here, what we're doing. Is the purpose just to get people gathered together? And if that's the case, if the if we strip the Great Commission out of the centrality and the going part out, then maybe the church is becoming more secular in its outlook and its actions, trying to kind of create a culture uh, where it's very internal rather than external looking. So I remember just probably in the last couple of years, we both saw a sign and we were at a church and we were leaving. And do you remember what the sign said as we were leaving? Yeah, it said, you are now entering the mission field. But the problem was that the sign was actually turned backwards. And so as you were entering the church parking lot is what this sign was insinuating. When in reality, it was just, the sign was just put on backwards. But the whole idea was, 
that as you leave the parking lot of the church, that's when the mission begins, right? But they were saying, you know, the mission is inside the church. It's all a self-contained experience. Right. And so again, this week, the topic that we're talking about is your church going secular because the Great Commission has been sidelined. We hope this episode has kind of helped you think through a little bit about maybe what your personal experience is and what maybe your church is struggling with when it comes to actually being on mission. And, I, and what its identity is. So the next episode, next week, again, we're in a four-part series. Next week's title is, Is Your Church Going Secular Because It's Ignoring Outreach in a Digital Age? So next week, we will tackle that question. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, and if you haven't done so already, Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified of future podcasts. And be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite platform or share it with your friends. We hope you're leaving today with a better understanding about religion and conversational tools to talk about it. We look forward to seeing you again in our next episode. So until then, take Take care. care.